It has been a crazy two weeks. We've been doing fireworks. We've got the fireworks stand. It's, um, this is how all of our ministries in the church raise their money. Um, it's better than, you know, car washes and all that kind of stuff. And uh, last year I mentioned the fact that because of COVID, our stand was one of the only stands anywhere. And uh, we, it, we broke all kinds of records that we normally have. Um, right, doing fireworks, we only had one stand. We usually have three. And uh, this year, we have, well, as of yesterday, we had already doubled what we made last year. And that didn't include, that didn't include this today, which today will be a good 25%, 20-25% of the overall two weeks uh, just today. And they've already been texting us this morning saying that, that the lines are wrapped all the way around the tent and, and um, just crazy stuff. So, uh, so it's good. This is this is great opportunity for the departments. This is where they get their money for all kinds of stuff, curriculum and events and and uh, stuff and and missions and all these kind of things. So, so this is huge. So we we were talking about Wednesday night. We were wondering if we had enough people to fill uh, all those spots for yesterday and today. And then everybody showed up and started doing some great work out there. And and uh, and it's good. So, so I feel for them. I um I've been out there some, not like maybe two or three days, I don't remember, not that much, some, but uh, uh, I hate it, I really absolutely hate it, <laughs> just just so you know, so we're on the same page, I hate it, I, I don't even really like fireworks, I'm not a firework kind of guy, not, not, not Colorado fireworks, let me say it that way, I don't like Colorado fireworks, why, because we don't have real fireworks, we don't have anything that goes boom, we can't sell that in, in Colorado, now you're saying, but I'm hearing boom all over my neighborhood, that's because they're illegal fireworks, those aren't legal. We can't sell boom fireworks, and we can't sell things that leave the ground. So you can't, we, we do not sell anything you can shoot at somebody else. How fun is that? I did want to remind you, Tuesday night, um, Arthur Pulowski will be at Fervent Church down on Academy. He is the pastor, the Canadian pastor that they, the health department with the police tried to come in and um, shut his church down and arrest him on uh, Easter Sunday last year, and he basically told him to go away. Um, he wasn't even that nice about it. But uh, it was, it, it, he's been all over uh, internet, YouTube, all that kind of stuff, and he, uh, he's going to be here in town speaking. He's been in a lot of interviews, Fox News, stuff like that. Um, just, a, just a solid guy. I've, I've been pretty impressed with everything I've seen about him. You never know when somebody makes a stand like that, and then you interview them later, and they turn out to be goobs. But, but he was, he's a pretty solid guy, so you definitely want to consider going and seeing him. Tuesday night. So this is <clears throat> July 4th weekend. This is a little different <clears throat> type of message than I usually speak um, about. And uh, it's basically about America. I'm going to talk about America today. And, uh, and some of the things that maybe you haven't processed or, or, or thought through or whatever, and I want to try to help you with some of that. This, this, this statement that I said last week that I'd read in the news, I want to say this again because I think, I think this is probably one of the more important news uh, things, sentences, articles, news moments that we've seen in quite a few months, actually. I, I think this is as important as anything we may have seen in quite a few years. And it just kind of got passed over, but I, I read this last week, but there are many groups, many people within the Democrat Party that are trying to get a, uh, a um, executive order or even legislation. They're trying to get it put into legislation, but if that doesn't work, they'll, make, they'll get an executive order if they can. That, that basically this is their, their stance, is that they've been warning the Catholic Church, and they're trying to get this into a resolution. Um, they're warning the Catholic Church will lose their tax-exempt status over refusing communion to politicians. This is a very important thing that has happened there. When, when a political party begins to look at um, uh, Christianity or religious movement or whatever and saying that you can't do one of the basic things that has existed long before America even existed and you don't have the right to do it. Now, let, let me explain some of this theologically because I've had some people say, well, um, closed communion is, is how they look. We don't look at it that way. It's not that big of a deal. It is. Now, we believe in open communion, Okay. That means that you make the choice of whether you take communion or not. We don't make that choice. I'm saying the church, me as a leader or something like that. We, we don't make that choice. We just serve communion when we do communion, and then you make the choice. Now, I'll talk about that. We'll pray to, to, to you know, we'll pray a prayer of repentance or whatever, because I don't want you to take it wrongly, as in 1 Corinthians 11 talks about. 
but that has nothing to do with an organizational body called the church. Okay? We don't believe that, that the bureaucracy or the organization of something called the church should, should make a decision of whether you take communion or worship God or, 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 or even things like get married. The Catholic Church believes you have to be a Catholic so you can, before you can get married in their church and, or get married at all and be recognized by the Catholic Church. All these kind of things. We, we don't look at it like that. We don't think the church is the governing body. We believe that, that Jesus is the head of the church, not the pope or a leadership body or whatever. Now, with that being said... The Catholic Church does communion with, the, with basically the same concept of what we think communion is, except that they don't. But, but here's the thing with that is when the government begins to tell the Catholic Church, which is our roots and our history, okay, they say Jesus is the head of their thing, Jesus is the head of our thing. We're the same thing. We came from them. There would be no us without them, okay? When the government starts saying you cannot make decisions of something which is Found corely foundation within their existence called communion. You don't get to make that decision unless you do it the way the politicians say that you do it. That's dangerous. That is dangerous for all of the church and, and basically all of different religions. It's dangerous. You, you, you can't do this as the government. Guys, that is the exact reason why our forefathers left England and came to America. That very exact issue, communion, and the acceptance of that from government or the church leadership, or something, that is exactly the reason why we left there and came to America. Freedom of religion. And so this is, this is dangerous where we've got to. And so I want to I talk about this a little bit. And I want to throw this preface out here so there's no confusion. I, I preached about this um, back in 2020 at least twice. I, I talked about this scripture. But in Romans 13, I've, I've just had so many religious groups and pastors and people online, all kinds of, of church leaders that are saying that Romans 13 says that, that as a church, we have to obey the government no matter what. And as a pastor, I have to obey the government no matter what. That's not true. Go back and look at Romans 13. Read Romans 13. It specifically talks about um, that, the, that the government, that we're supposed to obey the government because the government does, establishes what is good and the government helps you obey the laws. Our own government is breaking its own laws to persecute the church. You don't have the spiritual or scriptural obligation to obey that. Okay? That's all through scripture. This is why Jesus himself at the, at the Last Supper said to the disciples, there will be a time in your future when you will be brought before rulers, kings, governors, and things like that. Why? Why would they be brought before those people? Because they're breaking the law. Except the law goes against God's law. Guys, we have to obey God's law before we obey man's law. Now, as long as man's law does not directly disagree with God's law, then you're obligated to obey it. You're obligated to obey the law and to obey the lawmakers and all this stuff that goes along with that. But the moment they start saying things like, it is legal to murder babies, you have, to, you have an obligation not just to not do that, but to resist it and stand against it because God's law overrides that. You have an obligation, you have a spiritual responsibility to stand against what laws are made that contradict God's laws. Okay? This is important stuff. And so this, this is something you're going to see. This. I'm going to say this probably a couple times through this this morning. Guys, it is very important that we as Christians understand that our God is our, is our primary. He's our source. He's our direction. That Jesus died for us to be free in him, and that overrides anything else that we come across. And here's a big one that, 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 that we've always struggled with in our country is, and that includes political parties. You are, you, are, you are obligated to serve God over a political party. doesn't matter what the political party is. Okay? You have to serve God with that. And so I, I wrote this down. This is, um, we're going to be uh, starting a life group here pretty soon. I'm saying fairly soon. That um, uh, Mark and Trisha are going to be uh, facilitating this, kind of heading this up, setting the direction of it. And this life group is going to be based, uh, we're going to be looking at a couple of things. We're going to be looking at the Constitution. What does the Constitution really say? How does it say it? Then we're going to look at some broader stuff that has to do with that. How, who are we as Christians within the context of, of our country? Do, what is uh, responsibility politically and those kind of things? 
Now, different people look at this different. You say, well, I don't want to get involved politically or anything. That's, that's, you're, this is a free country, and I don't think that goes against God's law. But I do think this. I think the church has got to take more responsibility politically, and I think we've been doing a bad job about that. Okay? And uh, the reason that we've got to the place where we are is because the Christians, for a while we went through this, for quite a few decades, we went through this mentality that, the, that, the, that politics should be left out of the pulpit. I, I've never understood that. Now, I don't, you know, local politics, things like that, what do you pay taxes to or bonds for, whatever, that's, that's, that is, doesn't, isn't biblical, okay, that doesn't have biblical ramifications, unless it directly does, and then you deal with it. I don't think those kind of politics are what I'm talking about, but I'm saying the direction of our country and the moral direction of our country, the church should be leading that, not just in it, leading it, and we have not been. And so we're going to look at that more and more. Now, the, the, the kind of the mentality that people are talking about when they talk about you know, our Constitution and our government and our politics and stuff is that our country was uh, founded upon the Bible and the Constitution was founded upon the Bible. And that's true, but that's not what this life group is going to be about. We're going to take it to another level. And this is the, the place that we're going to take it to. Uh, I, I wrote this in a statement, so I, I'm saying it correctly. I believe God supernaturally ordained America to exist. I don't believe America was just founded upon the Bible. I believe that God created this for a specific time and season, and that God ordained America to be here for a handful of basic reasons. That this was not an accident, this was supernatural and it was ordained. This goes beyond the idea of establishment on biblical principles. God put this country here for spiritual purpose. One of the biggest, most important things that America has ever done, and will and, and we're losing this. We're not just losing this because of politics, because politics are not stopping this. We're losing this across the country because churches are stopping this. We used to be the biggest, the, the, the most, um, we developed the idea of missions and sending missionaries around the world. Okay? N- not, not from a uh, cross or the sword mentality. That predated that. But that's, that wasn't biblical or healthy. The idea that America exists for purpose, our purpose was to glorify God around the world. The same thing he said to the Israelites. You're going to be my people and you will be a blessing to the nations. America was put here by God. I believe this. It's, it's in my core that America was put here by God specifically to, to glorify God. That's the number one. And then to be a mission sending group of people around the world. When we realize that we have freedom to worship Jesus Christ and that we have, we have the ability to, to, to pray with, unadulterated and that we can serve God the, the way that we desire and then Jesus shows us his forgiveness and his grace and his freedom and all these other things, we have the, the I believe, the obligation to take that to other people. It starts at our neighbors, this is Acts 1-8, starts at our neighbors and works to the rest of the world. America has completely eclipsed any, all the other missions around the world put together until about the last two decades. We sent missionaries around the world and sent the gospel around the world. God ordained that. God put us here for this purpose. Last days mentality, take the gospel around the world. Now that's changing. Um, some good, some bad. The bad is many churches in America that used to believe in missions don't believe in missions anymore. This is the, the Assemblies of God, our fellowship was, was based upon, we were started for the purpose of sending missionaries. There was a resistance, a lot of resistance in the, in the modern Pentecostal movement. There was a lot of resistance in the starting of this thing to organize. A lot of resistance. Go back and look at our history of this. A huge uh, push against organization and organizing and becoming what other people would call a denomination. We're not. We're a fellowship. There are differences. But there was a huge push in saying, no, bureaucracy is what destroyed us and almost killed the church in the beginning. Why do we want to redo that? And they said, yes, but we need a couple basic things. There was four. Two of them are, we need a place where we can educate people to send, so that we can send them across the planet as missionaries. And then they said, and now we need an organizational structure of churches together so in order to finance the sending of these people. That was, that was the basic charter of how the Assemblies of God started to send missions. And there's a lot of Assembly of God churches nowadays that do not do any foreign missions. And the way they couch this is, uh, well, we believe in, in missions at home, and so we spend all of our missions resources at home doing outreach and things like that, which is, which is a little bit, um, 
a little bit disingenuous because basically what they're doing is trying to get people in their church, not into the kingdom of God. That's a difference. They're not spending money for people to get saved for the most part. They're spending money for people to come into church. Those aren't the same thing. Guys, we have to be able to separate and understand the difference in those and always, always send missionaries across the seas and also doing missions at home. It's not one or the other. It's everything. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So this is why America exists. This is what God put us here for. And another big one is the idea of freedom, personal freedom. And you can take that freedom, and it actually, we have proved this. You can, you can take this freedom to other places around the world, and they get it, they understand it, they accept it, and embrace it. Now, the, the stronger of an anti-God, anti-Jesus mentality cultures have, the less they embrace freedom. Have you ever noticed that? So you go into hardcore Muslim societies where they're very anti-Jesus and, and um, freedom of of. Uh, spiritual freedom within yourself. In other words, not controlled by the bureaucracy and stuff like that. And freedom, uh, personal freedom also does not live there. That's why we've had such a difficult time in Afghanistan and places like that because they have other controls that are bigger than personal freedom. They don't believe in personal freedom. But anywhere we take the gospel, there's books about this, great books about this that will show you anywhere the gospel has gone into that country, at the very least, the communism, the oligarchies, the tyrannies have, have begun to deteriorate to the point where some of those countries have become completely free, and some of them are on the way. It's amazing what the gospel of Jesus Christ can do. That It's not even like, it's not written in the Bible, this is the plan. I believe America was here for purpose. Number Numbers chapter 34. This is, this is part of my argument with this, because here's the thing that I found. I've said this at different times over the years. And, and Christians will balk at this. And uh, in fact, I call them the well-actuallys. Okay? They're, they're spineless people that do not have the ability to stand up. They know it's truth, but they're scared to death that their friend is, is going to criticize them. They're scared to death that somebody is going to attack them for what they believe and, and, and they know it's true, but they're scared of it. And so they're the well actually. In other words, you say something that is truthful. You say something that is scriptural, profound from scripture, and their response is, well, actually. You ever met somebody like that? If you're one of those, don't be what, that person, okay? The, the, the well actually always bring something else in. God ordained America, yes, but America is a horrible country. I do not agree with that. I don't believe that from the very beginning. Well, you know, America's systemically racist. No, we're not. We have not been from the beginning, and I can prove it over and over and over. Well, we're a horrible country. We, we believe in, in, in um, uh, um, taking, you know, the cross or the sword. American Christianity has never been about the cross or the sword, ever. That was Catholicism early. They would go to all over the world, literally, and say, you, you bow down to Catholicism, not Jesus. Catholicism or we'll kill you. And, of course, everybody's like, okay, Catholicism, yes. Um, I would have too. Sure, Catholicism. I don't even know what that is, but okay. But that's not Christianity. That's not Jesus. That's not the gospel. The gospel is the opposite of that. We've been called imperialist. America's imperialist. Here, here is the uh, colonialist. Think about that. America is colonialist. So where around the world are all of our little Americas? Think of, yeah, that's not the same thing. Shush. <laughs> Think about that. Puerto Rico asked us. We didn't, we didn't make them. Think about all the little Americas. Like, like India was ruled by Britain for, for literally a couple centuries. Where are all of the little Americas around the world? When we went into... Um, Europe, did we stay there? Only with bases. For what purpose? To rebuild their country. That's why. And what we've proven is, okay, you don't want us there anymore. We pull out and their economy starts to tank. Think about this. I don't, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that people say about America. Many states. When you come into the land of Canaan, which I'm giving you as your special possession, these will be boundaries. This is, this is the cool thing about this. God said, okay, these are my people, I'm going to give them a land, and I'm going to map it out, and he explains exactly where I mapped it out. In fact, did you realize that Israel has never, ever taken the full extent of the land that God gave them? Ever. Never. 
Definitely not now. It's tiny now compared to what God gave them originally. They have never in their history taken the full amount of land that God gave them. And that was because of their disobedience. They're, they're given into foreign gods and things like that. They should have, but they didn't. But this is the thing. God told them, this is your land, and that is their land today. I don't, I, I, maybe this makes me one of the bad guys. I don't know. I get so much stupidity I see online that just astounds me. Guys, as the church, the Christian church, you better be pro-Israel. You better be pro-Israel because if you're not pro-Israel, you're not pro-Jesus. Here's a newsflash. He was Jewish. You better be pro-Israel. Well, the, you know, Israel's done bad things. Okay, whatever. That's their land. God gave it to them, and everybody in the world has been encroaching on that. Everybody in the world picks on the Israelites. You better stand with Israel. In fact, Scripture says that you're supposed to, every single time you pray, you should bless Israel. Every single time you pray. Think about this. The Palestinians are, are, a, are a terrorist organization. They're not a people group that that's their land. Look back where they came from. Jordan and Syria kicked them out. They didn't want them in their country because they were, it was the PLO and they were terrorists. And they said, well, go live in Israel. That works out good for everybody. That's what happened. Now, why am I saying that? Because it's weird how we can get very territorial about the mentality. Territorial is not the right word. It's the opposite. We, we, when we say things like, well, America was put here by God. Well, actually. And we come up with all these things. Because we don't like that mentality. If you say stuff like that today, that's Israel's land. Nobody has a right to that. Well, actually. Guys, we don't get to make the rules. God made the rules. And I, and I know that Israel is supposed to be there, and I believe that God ordained America to be here. That doesn't mean we're some kind of bigots by saying something like that. We're not. In fact, I believe strongly that, that we've got to do something about the borders. No country in the world just lets anybody come in anytime they want to. Nobody does that, but we're expected to do that. That doesn't make sense. I love the fact that we have people coming in the country. Very few of us in this church, one person that I know, their people were born on this continent. That's Kara. She's Native American. Right? And me, because I am too. <laughs> I have a percentage, and I'm tired of people thinking I don't. So here's the thing. We're all immigrants. I love immigration. I believe in immigration, but I also believe there's rules and ways, and you're supposed to do it. And if you don't like those, get those voted differently. You don't just break the law. I don't necessarily like the way banks do things, but that doesn't mean I rob them. What? Verse 13, Then Moses told the Israelites, This territory is the homeland you are to divide among yourselves by sacred lot. The Lord has commanded that the land be divided among the nine and a half remaining tribes. This is God's plan. We don't have the right to change it. This is God's plan. Now, let's go back to America because I think this is, this is the same mentality. God puts governments and people... By the way, I don't believe America is the only country that God ever put for purpose. I believe there's many other countries that God has done this with. Many other countries. I, but I believe strongly that America was put here for divine purpose and reason. And here's the thing. You're in it, so therefore you have a, a purpose that is... First, your purpose should line up with that bigger purpose. Okay? That's, that's glorifying God and taking the gospel to, to anybody you come across. That's your purpose as well as it is our country's uh, given purpose. That's your purpose too, guys. We have to own that. And this is part of the reason that we've struggled as a country as of late. I'm saying the last 50, 75 years. And we've struggled, struggled more and more and more is because we've lost the fear of God and we've lost the obedience to him. When we fear God and we do what he's told us to do, then our country is good. But we have lost that. We, we, we have lost this fear of the Lord. We have lost this sovereign God is in charge mentality. Humble ourselves before God. And we've lost this mentality that I can be forgiven and tell others about this. That I have an obligation to do that. And when we stop telling others about Jesus, our country becomes lawless and anti-God. And that's where we are. 
And we've got to a place where we do not fear God. Why? Because the generations before feared God less and less and less and less. And how do we know? One of the number one ways that we fear God is we obey him. And that, include, that starts with the Great Commission. Okay. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. That is, that is what I, I believe that. That is my life. I, I believe that completely. God created everything. John 1, Jesus, there was nothing created that, that the word Jesus didn't create. I believe that. That includes you and me. I didn't evolve. I was created by God. The, 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 I'll get to that in a second. For, the, for through God, every, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. That's physical and spiritual stuff, right? Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all of creation together. Isaiah chapter 9 is usually something I read around uh, Christmas, but it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given, the government will rest on his shoulders. He's in charge of all governments, everywhere, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We, We just don't like the idea that this Prince of Peace is in charge of everything, including governments. We don't like that. We, we as, and this is, this is the world in general, but we're in a place in America right now where the idea that God made our government and therefore we are obligated to him as to how it should run, man, that is, that's, that's evil talk to many liberalists. Very leftist mentality is horrible. You, you know, this is something I think is important too. This, we've seen where Satan has literally uh, taken over an entire political party. I have, I have never thought that before. Because here's the reason. I don't believe that most Democrats agree with the direction that the Democrat Party has been going. I don't believe this. I remember a conversation I had. This would have been like uh, 95. Okay? I was talking with Linda's grandfather, and he was, he was a yellow dog Democrat. He, he explained to me one time. He sat down and he said, Scott, you're a preacher. I want to, I want to teach you something about the Bible. And I thought, oh, so... So open the Bible and he said, here's this right here, Jeremiah 23. You guys offhand know what Jeremiah 23 is. God said he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And I said, okay. And he said, read that. And I read it. And he said, you know what that means? The goats are the Republicans. The sheep are the Democrats. He was, he was serious. And he said, God's going to separate the Republicans from the Democrats, and the Democrats are going to heaven. So I asked him. I said, Grandpa, I got a question for you. He, I said, if a monkey was a, was a Democrat and a and a, a solid, uh, educated leader was a Republican, would you vote for the monkey? He said, if he's a Democrat, I'll vote for him. I care what he is. So then I said, I said, since we're talking, this was the time of um, Hillary and Bill, right? And I said, Grandpa, do you realize that? Um, the Democrat Party is embracing. This was, this was early, right? This was early in this. Um, the Clintons were the first ones that majorly embraced this. I said, do you realize that the Democrat Party is embracing abortion, which is the murder of babies? I said, do you realize they're starting to embrace that? He got mad at me. He said, they are not. They do not believe in that. You're telling me Bill Clinton believes in abortion? I said, yes, he has said it openly, verbally, many times. And Hillary's even worse strongly about abortion. That is not true. I refuse to accept that. Here's the thing. I really do, not on the subject of abortion anymore. I think that ship left the harbor. But, but on many of the things and the directions our country is going right now, I don't believe that most um, Democrats believe that. I don't think they want to destroy our country. I meet Democrats all the time that are not in favor of destroying our country. But they have also, and this has been one of the concepts of that party is they've also been taught for years, you must do what the party says. And here's the thing with the Republican Party. We haven't learned how to do that at all. Now, here's the thing, guys. You have to obey God regardless of whether you're a Democrat or Republican. And there are going to be times obeying God means you have to go against your party. 
This is important. In the, in the late 80s into the early 90s, the Republicans were really trying to decide whether they were going to toss the Christians to the curb and embrace abortion or whether they weren't. This was a major part of the, the platform movement deciding process is do we embrace abortion, embrace abortion? It's real simple. I don't support any party that embraces abortion. Zero, none. And I will not support a candidate that does. I don't care what else they believe. To me, that ranks higher than the other stuff. We'll, go, we'll start with that one, and then we'll move to the next one, and then we'll move to the next one. You have to serve God, not a political party. This is so important because it's getting worse and worse in our country. And I don't know at what point. I really believe that the parties are about to fracture. Okay? I believe the Democrat Party is going to fracture first, but I believe the Republican Party is going to fracture too. Because we've got too much division on the big subjects. Okay? Now, I hope I'm wrong and I hope we fix it before then or whatever. But here's the thing. You follow God first. He existed before anything else and he's the one that holds all creation together. The, the government is upon his shoulders. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice <clears throat> from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord's the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. So, <clears throat> a couple other things I wanted to mention before I kind of get to the point. This seems very disconnected, uh, but there's a purpose for all of this. The first thing <clears throat> is this idea and question that people bring up every now and then. <clears throat> were the Founding Fathers Christians? Overwhelmingly, yes. They were Christians. And I've, I've seen a lot of things... It's amazing how people just rewrite history and just hope everybody embraces it. And this is the weird thing is, we do. Like the whole Christopher Columbus thing. He came to the, to the continent and then just started slaughtering all the Indians. That is not true. Thank you, sound system, for backing me up on that. That is not true. That didn't happen. That is a lie. But we just rewrite the history and we go, yeah, we should call it Founding Fathers Day or whatever. I don't know. That's not what they call it. Um, colonial Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes. That, that stuff is stupid. That's not what it is. We, we, we just rewrite history and people believe it. It's crazy. The Founding Fathers were overwhelmingly Christians. Just, just pick one of the people that was in the signing of the Constitution. Just one of them. Or the Declaration of Independence. Take any of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. That's what I meant. And just look up their history and their life. Now there's going to be a lot of, of revisionist stuff in there too. But these guys were overwhelmingly Christians. And, and I'll give you a, the, the second one that, that irritates me. Is this, some of the founding fathers were deists. That's the second question here. Were some deists. Okay, and so the ones that get picked on are Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, um, Ethan Allen... And um, and another dude, uh, John Adams, and they and, and then they always throw this other guy in there, um, uh, Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine was a, not American. I don't know why they. He was a leader in England. I don't know why they keep throwing him because he visited America, I guess. But they say, well, those guys were deists. Well, here's the thing with me with deism. The the, the definition of deism is that they believe that God is there, he created us, and then he backs off until it's time to come get us, and then he jumps back in and sees how we're doing. That's a simplified version of deism. God's not actively involved in your life. That's what deism means. He's not actively involved. Okay, He's there, he's real, but he's not, he's not involved. All right? But here's the problem with that. First, deism can't exist. Okay, let me debunk this first. Deism can't exist. Why do we know that? Because God wrote a pretty big book being very involved in all of our lives. It's called the Bible. The fact that you have the Bible disproves deism at a very basic. The fact that, in fact, my, my argument with this, if you know God's there, you can't be a deist. Because how did you figure it out? Because he cared enough to tell you over and over and over for 6,000 years. That's not deism. Now, here's the discussion of whether the founding fathers were deists. The founding fathers, the ones that were accused of being deists, they would call for days of prayer and fasting during the writing 
of the uh, Constitution. Thomas Jefferson quoted Scripture more than most Christians I have ever heard in my life quote Scripture. This is somebody that was accused of being a deist. Quote Scripture more than most of us in this room will ever quote Scripture. So does that mean all, all of us are deists? You, you see what I'm saying? You, just, you, don't care, you don't think God's actively involved in your life? You don't care? It's like, whatever, I don't know. No, you, you know he's actively involved. You pray for God to do things. That means you're not a deist. I don't think these guys were deists either. I think, they, I think revisionists try to come back later and push that on them because any chink in the armor they can keep attacking, attacking, eroding the walls, tearing it down, that, that this country was built upon Jesus Christ. Anything we can do. And one of the little ways is, well, they were all deists, so they weren't actively serving God. That's not true. These guys prayed and they quoted scripture and they, they were hungry after God. Everything they, they did was talk about this stuff. Thomas Jefferson, when he actually wrote years later the, the, the statement, separation of church and state, he wrote that years later. He was talking to a pastor, making sure that the pastor knew that the government should not tell him what to do about his church. He wasn't saying church should stay out of government. It was the exact opposite. He was saying government stay out of church. And then, and then a lawyer in a court case turned that around and made it something that we now say, completely erroneously, separation of church and state. It's completely wrong. So here's, here's something I want to talk about with America. Declaration of Independence, July 4th. 1776. I saw a kid last year at the fireworks stand come in with a British shirt on, British flag as a shirt, and I thought, are you, you're confused. You don't, do you know what you're buying fireworks for? It's not British. In fact, guess what happens tomorrow? British people go to work. Right? <laughs> So we were declaring independence from England. That's what July 4th is about, right? We were declaring independence. We were saying, you cannot rule us. We can rule ourselves. We can be ruled by the people. A crazy novel idea. Nobody had tried it before. Nobody had tried it before. But we were going to try this ruling ourselves. The people were going to rule ourselves. And they wrote this. This is the opening line of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. In other words, we all know them. That all men are created equal. All men are created equal. I, I get tired of Christians talking about systemic racism. You say, well, there was racism at the beginning of our country. There was, and it was horrible. It was, it was a demonic thing that Satan was trying to undermine the amazingness of what God was trying to do with the American people. But some of these guys, these Christians that put this together, got it. And they said, wait a second. All men are created equal. They didn't just say some men. They didn't just say white men. They said all men were created equal. Well, we had slavery, and it took another quite a few years before we, we uh, attacked that slavery and, and tore it down. Yeah, it was called the Civil War. Hundreds of thousands of people gave their life, and about 150 to 175,000 people died specifically to free slaves. Name another country that's done that. We talk about how, how systemically racist America is. Show me another country that hundreds of thousands of people fought for the freedom of the slaves. They didn't. America led the way with this. There's, every country in the world has dealt with slavery. That is not an American thing. Every country and every people group has dealt with slavery. What makes America different is not slavery. That was a blight. What makes America different is we fought to free them. And we have fought since then to make this better and better and better. That's what makes America different. America's not systemically racist. Guys, we've been, letting, we've been letting politicians and the media tell us this stuff forever. And it's horrible. It's horrible. We've, we've got to... I, we've, got to, we've got to move past this... this goofiness that we just buy into what everybody says and we've got to start when you when you come across a christian that believes that we're systemically racist you should slap them <laughs> i'm not saying you should do that 
It just came out. <laughs> that they are endowed by their creator. Who? All these people that were created equal. They're endowed by their creator. You're telling me these people weren't Christians? Where did this language come from? They were created equal? God created them equal? Their creator gave them certain unalienable rights. You have rights as a human not as an American, as a human. The thing is, is, America is the first country to embrace these rights and make them part of our existence. That these rights are life. That's why Satan pushes abortion so much. He hates life. And he hates what it means. This is why suicide is such a big deal that Satan tries to push and push the demonic mentality of suicide. Why? Because we're losing the, the wonderfulness of life. That it's just great to be alive. Oh, I have so much to deal with. You know, this is, this is the, a part of the weird thing for me, is that the youngest generations that, that we have now on the earth, the Z's and the millennials, they're, they're the highest suicide rates of any generation before. And they have more than any other generation. They have more, except, here's the thing, everything that they have that's more is outside, and they have less inside. Because I think oftentimes less outside demands you have more inside. That's just my thinking. Because we have life. We have life, and there's so much beautifulness of life. That's one thing. Many in our church are off camping this weekend. I don't get to camp on Sundays. I have to camp on like Thursdays and Fridays. But there's something about just getting out in the mountains, right? And hopefully you get far enough away your cell phone doesn't work. Some of you would literally start having a panic attacks. You would, you're breathing. Because <gasps> you, you can't reach over and grab your cell phone. How wonderful would that be? If you had to go, think about this, if you had to go a month without a cell phone, how nice would that be? You think it wouldn't be. You think it wouldn't be, right? I lived a long time before there was such a thing as a cell phone. There was, so I, I, I've even had conversations with my kids about that. Why didn't you just call somebody? Out in the middle of the woods, on, abandoned on the highway. What do you mean call somebody? You know how far a payphone was? What's a payphone? You know, I even remember pay stalls in the airports. You guys remember that? Okay, so I, I, I digress. First Amendment. First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. In other words, the government cannot tell you what church to be a part of. They can't establish an official government religion, which I personally believe we're not going to do that. I don't think our country is about to, to establish a religion, but I think we're coming up very quickly now. I'm saying within the next year or two. I think our government is going to release a statement of acceptable practices for religious organizations. You realize the, the IRS has now been caught again denying uh, 501c3 status to Christians. Two weeks ago, they, they released a statement. The IRS looked this up. The IRS released a statement that said, we, uh, we, um, we hesitate giving 501c3 status to this church organization because Christian beliefs uh, align strongly with Republican Party platform." I'm not making it up. Look it up. They are not giving tax exempt status to Christian organizations because they're predominantly Republican. It says it. IRS released that. Okay. Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion. They can't. The government cannot have an approved or formal religion in America. And the next part is, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. This is the reason when, when 2020 started and COVID hit and they began to say churches are going to have to close down because of this fake pandemic called COVID, this is why our church did not close down. Because I do not believe the government has the, the right or the authority to tell churches they cannot have church. I believe that is constitutionally written right there. I'm taking it straight from the law 
A governor? Nobody. A mayor? Nobody. A, a, a city council? Nobody has the right to tell Church at Briargate we have to close our doors. And, and we're not going to, we're not ever, guys, we're never, as long as I'm the pastor here, we are never going to close our doors because the government said so. Ever. Because it's, it's, they are breaking the law. We're not. Or abridging the freedom of speech or the press. What we call the press today is not even freedom of speech. We're starting to see a lot of groups that are coming up now that are starting to have true freedom of speech. Guys, you should support those groups. Even if you don't believe 100% in what they're saying and doing, if they're trying to get freedom and specifically conservative language back in the public space, support them. They're trying. And they're being attacked at every, at every angle. So support them. Or the right of people to peacefully assemble. That's important, peacefully. Antifa, not. That's not peaceful. When you start burning things and attacking people, that's not peaceful. That's not peaceful. You can march all day long on streets peacefully. Not on freeways. You're just dumb if you're doing that on freeways. Not where there, there are major avenues of, of um, commerce and stuff like that. Get, get into parks and places like that and, and demonstrate all you want peacefully. That's your right as an American. This is, this is one for me. I, we had this big thing quite a few years ago is where it started where people would attack the American flag, jump on it, burn it, stuff like that in public square, make all these things. And all these people like, that's, that's that's against the law. It's not against the law. They're allowed to burn the flag. I mean, there are actually some things about that uh, that are law, but they can burn the flag. They can stand on it if they want to. They're, they're free to do that. And there are people that have given their lives and their blood for that flag so they can step on it. Because we're a free country. I don't like it, and, and I think they should be beat up. But yeah, there are consequences for stuff. Um, but, guys, we're a free country. And we need to fight for that. We, we cannot let this freedom mentality leave. And we are so much... My kids do not even... My kids are all adults now. And they have no idea how free we used to be. It is so foreign nowadays. And you take this age group here, they have no idea the freedoms that were taken away from them that they just take for granted nowadays. That, that, no, that's, you're not free to do that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. This, this is... It's, the right of the people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Now, here's where I'm going to um, probably disagree with some people, okay? There's a lot of stuff going online. Uh, a lot of preachers, prophets, and people like that are saying stuff online that are, that are saying this is what God is saying, and they, they call themselves prophets. I, I always wonder, when somebody calls himself a prophet, I always wonder about that. <laughs> You know, if you're really a prophet, why you don't have to tell people. Jeremiah never went around saying, I'm a prophet. Right? Think about it. You just, you, you, when you're a prophet, you just do prophet stuff. Everybody knows it. That's just my thing. But a lot of the stuff online with that, I, I, there, there are a lot of these, I, I, I agree with a lot of what is coming out there. But I want to show you the two major things that I believe prophetically is being said uh, throughout the church and, and the part I agree with and the part I don't agree with, okay? So here's, here's the prophetic stuff that's being said, that we're about to, to go, you'd have to go back pretty far to revive something for our country, and really what we're reviving is not necessarily the spirituality, it's more of the ideology of American mentality and spiritual freedom and stuff like that. What I, would, what I believe the, the, the term I use or the one I lean toward, revival's not wrong, is an awakening, that we really need an awakening in our country, and that's where people understand that Jesus is God, and they begin to submit to him. And I believe this awakening is going to be predominantly from non-churched, non-Christian background people. Okay, I believe some of this will be an awakening within the church, and I'm hoping that it will include the church leadership, although I don't have as much confidence it will include the church leadership, specifically church leadership that has already said things like, um, we're gonna, we believe in abortion and things like that. I believe that they have consciously, purposely made a decision that is anti-God and has gone against truth. Okay? When, you, when you purposefully attack the kingdom of God like that, I think you kind of fall in a different category scripturally. 
But either way, I think there's going to be an awakening from the people of our country. And I think people are going to be getting saved. And I think, this is, I think we're already starting to see the winds of this blowing, the, the Holy Spirit blowing this across our country. And we're going to start seeing a, 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 just a profound move of God where people recognize that God is God. They're tired of all the stuff and the lies. And I believe all the lies and the goofiness of a woke culture is going to help this. Um, by the way, I think, I think mo- most people look through, see through the stupidity of this woke culture mentality. And they're going to look to God for truth because they're not finding it anywhere else, and I believe there's going to be a move of God of this, okay? And I do believe this is true. I believe a lot of guys are prophesying about this. Here's the part I don't agree with. You may, that's, I'm just telling you what I think about this. I do not believe the other half of a lot of these prophecies, which is it's going to reach all the way to the national government and to the White House. I don't believe that's also going to happen. Okay, and here there's some scriptural reasons why I believe that. First, just I, I, I think you get to a point where you, you have such the spirit of Antichrist and such the mindset of Antichrist, there has to, it takes a different kind of awakening and breakthrough for that. Okay, I don't believe most of our country has this hunger for anti-God mentalities. The same way with the Democrat Party. I don't think... I don't think they're all of the same mindset. I don't think most of our country is wanting to see this anti-God destroy America, um, you know, take God out of everything. I think most of America, it's, and we're seeing that all across the country. Statistically, we're seeing that's, that's true. Okay? But here's part of the reason. is I also believe that we are in the end times, and I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. Okay? Now, I, I may be wrong about that. It could be another 100 years. It could be 1,000 years. I don't know. But I really believe that, it, that it's approaching quickly because of what I see in Scripture, and specifically, you know, Israel, 1948, um, their, their generation, all that other stuff. But assuming that we are coming into the, to the last days and we are already in the, in the end-time mentality, Scripture does not show if, if America, if the awakening or the move of God reached all the way to the, to the Congress and the Senate and even the White House and we overturned everything and either... Um, whoever was in the White House got saved or we put a Christian in the White House or whatever, I don't believe that's going to happen because if all of that were to happen, then the end times scriptures that we read would have America more involved and at the very least, America would be backing Israel. And the reason that Israel has to sign the peace treaty with the whole world that starts the tribulation the reason that Israel has to sign that peace treaty is Scripture says that they sign it with all of the world. Where's America? We're the biggest, most powerful thing on the planet. If we backed Israel, they would not have to sign a peace treaty with anybody because they're not signing it now. We're backing them, and the whole world knows it. And when Israel signs that peace treaty, the world is no longer backing Israel. So where is America? That's why I do believe there's going to be an awakening. I don't think it's going to get to the White House. I don't think it's going to get to the Senate or the Congress. I think it's going to be of the people. And I don't think it's going to be as political moved as, as I would desire maybe, but political as it is going to be spiritual from soul to soul to soul. Because it's the salvation of souls that is God's priority. Is the salvation of souls. Now, here's my caveat. I would love to be wrong about this, and I would love for this thing to move all the way to the White House. I pray that, and I think you're supposed to pray that too. I do pray that. I just don't think that's going to happen. I just don't see that in Scripture. But I do see an amazing move of God that souls are saved by the millions. I see that in Scripture, specifically during the tribulation. We're going to see the greatest influx of Jewish people getting saved during the tribulation. Scripture says that. 144,000 Jews will be evangelists around the earth. And Jews will be getting saved like crazy. Specifically at the three and a half year mark. Because that's when they realize, wait a second. That guy can't be God. Right? So, stand with me if you would. I'm not going to read the last scriptures because you guys just kept going on and on. (laughs) 
I, I truly want to be a part. I don't, I don't even know how to verbalize this as strong as I believe it. I want to be a part of this awakening. I personally, I'm saying me as a person, I want to be a part of this awakening. As a pastor, I want to be a part of this awakening. I want to see people get saved. That's, that's what drives me as a, as a person, as a pastor, as a Christian. So it drives me. I want people to get saved. I want people to know Jesus. And I want to be a part of this thing. Don't you want to see your next door neighbors get saved and people down the street and your coworkers? I know you do. I think we all do. We're going to. But here's part of the deal, guys. You know, you know I have to say this. The way it's going to happen is you got to tell them. I believe that the Holy Spirit is about to start doing something that's going to amaze us. But you still got to tell them. They don't just get told. Somehow, they don't just woke told. They, they, somebody tells them that's you. It's me. I want to be a part of this thing. I want church at Briargate to be a part of this thing. I want to see people in here that are just hungry for God. Brand new Christians, older Christians, hungry for God. So, you know, kind of like a fresh new everything in their Christian walk. Wouldn't you like to see that? Wouldn't you like to see it in your own life? We're going to see this, but we have to, we have to, I think we have to stand for certain things. Regardless of what direction America goes, regardless of that, we can have the awakening. I want it to spread, like I said, but if it doesn't, guys, that should not, that should not determine us. We are, our spiritual walk is not determined by who's in the White House. Our spiritual walk is determined by who's on the throne, and that's Jesus. So I want the awakening in my spirit. I want it in my life. I want it in my, by the people around me. I want to, to be that witness. I want these things to happen. So... So let's pray. God, we, we commit ourselves to you. Lord, I, I thank you for what today stands for, Day of Independence. Lord, I don't believe it was just independence from England. Lord, I believe it was independence from tyrannical rule. Lord, I believe it was independence from the controls and the confines that would, that would stop the ability just to serve you, just to worship you. To be able to just have, have church. Just to read the Bible and just do what the Bible says. Lord, all these things were under so much threat. And God, they came to America. They started this. Lord, I pray that we can somehow get back to that. Lord, I don't see a way in the natural to get back to this. But Lord, I know that you're a supernatural God. So God, bring us back to you, not back to something specific of government or politics or church mentalities. Just bring us back to you, Jesus. Bring us to your throne room. And Lord, we humble ourselves. We submit ourselves to you. We humble ourselves, Lord, for the amazingness that is you. God, I also believe that you put America here for this purpose. And Lord, we're losing it. We're losing a heart for people and a heart for the lost, a heart for life. We're even losing our, our passion for freedom, personal freedom. Lord, we repent. As a country, we repent. We ask you to forgive us and bring us back to you. In Jesus' name, bring us back to you. So Lord, I pray for every person in this room as we start looking at some political stuff and life group and some things. Lord, I believe you're going to stir some people to get involved in this. They've never even thought about this before. But this is their time. This is their season and they're going to do this. God, at the very least, that our entire church would recognize and realize the amazingness of being able to serve you in our country free. God, we must fight for that. We must fight for that. Lord, even to the point of a revolution, we must fight for this. In Jesus' name. So fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your confidence that you're in charge. Fill us with the amazingness 
of the reality that you are in charge of all governments, that you're in control of everything. And we submit ourselves to you. And Lord, help us to use, somehow use July 4th, Independence Day, to be able to witness to somebody. Use this to be able to witness. Lord, help us, help us to get it. In Jesus' name. And God, thank you for, the, for blessing us so much with these fireworks stands. Lord, that this is just amazing. It's amazing what you've done. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Before noon tomorrow, God's going to give you the opportunity to let somebody know Jesus loves them. Take the opportunity. Take the chance. Step out there and see what happens. Tell somebody about Jesus. And God will honor that in your life. It's a guarantee. So we will see you Wednesday night. Have a great rest of your July 4th.